This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, today I'm talking to Nada Hussein from Hair Loving. Hair Loving produces hair products for all stages of life. They specialise in promoting hair growth and health from childhood to postpartum and menopause. Um, so I've been working with Nadia for a while now, as you'll hear in this podcast episode. She is the second hair care company I've had on the podcast recently. And as I said then, I was really keen to share both episodes. If you haven't already, go back and listen to the episode with Laurie Quinnell from Leonora Haircare. I was really keen to talk to to two ladies running um, businesses selling similar products but with as you'd expect completely different businesses and um, yeah completely different stories because I just think that's a great way to illustrate that while of course there are similarities there's also so many differences as well and um, and that's a good thing because not everything as we know works for everyone so I am really excited to introduce you all to Nadia. So hi Nadia thank you so much for being here to talk to me today. Hi Vicky, thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. So can we start with you please give an introduction to yourself, your business and your products? Yep, so I'm Nadia and I have been a hair and makeup artist for the last 12-13 years now. I've also got a, a hair and makeup training academy where students come and join and learn how to do hair and makeup on others and have a career in hair and makeup artistry. Um, and in as much as that, I've been to clients and over the decade or so that I've been working with clients and students, I've had the same age old question about people's hair woes. And that's where my journey of my business started, uh, which is hair growth products. Amazing. So can you talk to us a little bit about your products and what inspired you to create them, please? Yeah, so my products um, are hair oils predominantly. They've start, I started off with the bestseller, which was the hair hydration and growth oil, which promotes hair growth. Um, later, I launched the product for postpartum hair loss for new mums post-pregnancy. And the third one was the hair oil to promote growth and reduce brittleness and thin ends on um, uh, menopausal and perimenopausal women. Amazing. So, so the inspiration behind this was my clients from my hair and makeup, my students, and obviously my friends and family and, and, and the school mums that I used to speak to about hair loss. Having done 
sort of 10 years or so of hair and makeup and hair styling face-to-face speaking to customers and clients um, about their hair woes that really inspired me to try and help them in um, producing and developing a product that would promote hair growth and help them um, feel good about themselves. That's amazing and such a big undertaking as well because I imagine that formulating products is not simple um so we talk a little bit about that Nadia so you you decided that there was a need and you wanted to create something to address that so where did you go from there so from there I formulated a product without knowing where I was heading where I was going and how to formulate and develop I literally sold 100 units to just customers clients friends and family literally from the back of my car when I was on my rounds uh, as a as a mobile hairstylist then I thought, well, we're onto something very natural here in terms of the ingredients. Um, so I thought about to look out at anything that would need to be developed sort of legally or any paperwork that needed doing. And I went on to do a formulation course in hair care and skin care. And from there, I realized that a lot of my original formulation and, and the, develop, uh, the developed product itself was pretty much okay with a few tweaks here and there with the essential oils. Um, I then registered the product and registered the trademark as well. And here we are today with with more products. That's amazing. (laughs) First product, did you literally formulate it yourself? Yeah, the first one, I did that without without much knowledge. And then moving forward, of course, I had to have that developed and formulated and passed by by credible authorities. and then the, the other two were also developed. Oh, wow. But that, I think that's amazing because, I mean, I think you're really underplaying this that you just formulated a product yourself. <laughs> How did you even know sort of where to start and where do you source ingredients and things like so that? In order to start, I did my own research and it took a number of months to do the research in itself. As with anything that you do, which is going to be going out um, and being used topically even topically uh, on, on, on people, you have a massive risk and a massive undertaking to be answerable to people in case something was to happen, if there were any adverse reactions. And all of this I learned through my own research and through my, doing my diplomas, um, so, so as to protect myself and my customers. Wow, I still think that's amazing that you just went ahead and and did that because, like, yeah, I do think that is huge, oh, and um, it's amazing also <laughs> that you went through all these diplomas because I guess that's a step you could have avoided. You know, you didn't have to do that, but I think it's great that you've got so much knowledge about your products and what's in them and what the benefits are. Um, you're yeah, you're definitely really close to it, all, which is great. Yeah, I mean, moving forward, in order to produce and develop more products, I have that understanding already there, but I also know how to speak to developers and and organizations that would be able to undertake such a huge task from now on for for hair loving. So I think it's definitely helped a great deal to have gone through, you know, the hard slog of of going through the exams and um, literally, you know, lab, having a home lab and understanding and learning different percentages and maths and and weighing scales all over the place so 
yeah I think that's really good and as you say when you're developing new products and you're are you are your new products are you getting people to develop those for you now absolutely 100% yes yeah and so that but like you say having that background means that you can have really informed conversations with them I guess absolutely because if you go at the beginning I did go to a couple of events um, and it was actually really funny where I didn't have the knowledge Um, so you know you get caught out when you don't understand what's going on but having having done my research now I know what I'm looking for in terms of developing the brand further into new products so fingers crossed watch this space (laughs) it's exciting (laughs) and did you um so the first batch of products you made yourself the first 100 is that right that's right yeah are you still making themselves now yourself now it's being outsourced now to labs and um formulated outside of my kitchen lab (laughs) so it's 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 exciting but obviously I miss doing all of that formulating at home which is perfectly legal actually um but yeah I do miss that but I do visit the lab and I do go and check on everybody and have a quick smell of what's going on in the formulas as well sometimes Oh, it's good. It's good you found somewhere where you're able to do that, where you're able to actually still go and see what's going on. Yeah, absolutely. And I can definitely see why you'd miss it. But I guess in terms of your time, um, there's probably, yeah, there probably are better ways you could be spending it than actually doing the creation yourself. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into a business, even if there are only four or five products to offer on uh, within that small business. There's tons of things, which obviously this is how me and you met in terms of the whole Amazon um, side of things. That's a very, very tiny percentage. And I think that sometimes we can work so super hard. And when people can then see that you're on Amazon or you you're doing certain things on Facebook, like ads, etc. It's almost like when somebody turns around and says, that's amazing you're on Amazon or that's amazing that you're getting I don't know wholesale orders um that's when the penny drops and you realize actually your efforts daily are being recognized and people are taken aback and that's when you feel the most appreciated and the most lifted of course as much as you know making sales is absolutely number one however the appreciation side is is absolutely amazing as well yeah and, and you're right as well that you can't do all of those things yourself but everything that's involved in running a business and I think it's really smart to outsource what you can when you can you know assuming that um you can afford to outsource certain things and not everyone can right at the beginning but at various stages I think it is good to start looking at okay what do I not need to be doing myself yeah, because absolutely. there's so much isn't there and you definitely can't be an expert in everything no you can't no way you know you've got to have a good work-life balance as well you've got to remember you know you've got to raise children or whatever your 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 background life is you've got to keep remembering that you know we are here for a purpose which is to enjoy enjoy the, those quiet times as well not you know when you start a new business in the first couple of years you, it can become an obsession, an absolute obsession. And day in, day out, even last night, I was awake from 4.30 in the morning and my mind was ticking away with what I can do, what's been successful. Sometimes it's not healthy. However, on the flip side, 
you've got to recognize if there's an issue and you need to have that work-life balance then you know you you have to address that and I'm trying to do that right now so <laughs> that's good and I'm pleased that you're doing that <laughs> before we move on and talk about a bit more about your business I know that something that's really important to you is um supply chain supply chain transparency and so while we're um on the subject of form you know we're talking a bit about formulating your products can we talk a bit about like what that means to you and why it's important and how you've ensured that's in place so supply chain transparency is really important for me because i have come across through my research uh sources where the oils are produced or the seeds for those oils for example are produced and they are not actually from where they claim to be for example Um, on the other hand there's also projects that are in place Um, so my suppliers source from source the oils from where seeds are grown or or the oil is is brought out where farmers are paid a fair wage so they have a fair trade in place where such as in Rwanda where there's a lot of uh, especially women working in farmland where they are widows for example and they are given a fair wage and I think that is a great project and a great set of people to be funding or to be sourcing products and produce from in order to help the greater world and the greater community. Um, they've been struck by war, decades and decades of war, um, you know, war as well as famine because of droughts. Um, and it's really important to help those people. And even on a political front, there's, I'm not going to become very political here on this podcast, but there are places where the, there are oils, for example, the post-pregnancy oil, there is an, an ingredient within there where they do claim to um, have taken the oil from a particular place, which I don't agree with it being on the map at all. Um, and many, many millions of people also don't agree, as, as same as me, basically. So I, I, I changed my, my source um, and supplier based on my personal views and how I feel about how people are treated um, and literally taken off those uh, thrown off those farms their homes are destroyed um, and a different stamp is put on the map Um, and I just don't agree unfortunately with with um, some of those practices so based on those views I I source very carefully and the supply chain uh, clarity and clearness is very important to me on on all of those sort of fronts. Thank you for the explanation. I think that's I think that's amazing, and I think it's great that you are again so across your products and um, just have so much knowledge about exactly what goes into them, where and where they're from. Um, and I think that's really good as well for consumers because it's such it's, it makes it such an ethical purchase because you've done all of the hard work to make sure that it is. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's definitely um, a point which I do underplay and which, uh, I mean, it's it's kind of mentioned on our website. However, we probably need to promote that more so people take heed in what other products and suppliers or brands that they purchase from. I think it's very important for people, people to understand what they're buying, where they're buying from, how ethical it is. Um, we consume so much 
from different countries and different places and the more we do to sort of help the wider world uh, and the and the little person out there who's who's you know even from whatever you buy from uh, a supermarket to eat um, I think it's very important to know where your suppliers are coming from definitely and that's the reason I wanted to ask you about it it really stood out to me but as you say on your website it's quite a small thing you can definitely be shouting about this more and that's why yeah, I wanted definitely. to ask you <laughs> thank you so so once you so let's go back a little bit if that's okay so once you realized that you had a need you know you were seeing a need for people who are having these issues with their hair when you decided to develop the oil and you mentioned that you sold the first 100 bottles at what point did you realize actually this is a business this isn't just something I'm doing on the side while I'm sort of going around doing people's hair this is actually this could actually be a business in its own right what point did you realize that and then what came next so I think it was just literally a case of Every other person that I spoke to about the hair oil, the original hair oil, um, which is Abbas Celestil, the hair growth and hydration oil, if every other person was buying it, I that was when the penny literally dropped. I just produced this for friends, family and customers. I then went on after selling those units to doing, I think I did a very small um, stall at my son's Christmas, not Christmas, summer fair. And even there, there were so many people asking me questions about what's in it. Will it, you know, people seemed very desperate. Literally, it sounds like a very strange word, but women especially seemed very desperate to buy the product and to make a change in their hair um, to promote hair growth, reduce their children's dandruff, for example. So they were asking all sorts of questions. And this is something that um, I guess I realised the penny kind of dropped when I was talking to people face to face, obviously, because there wasn't even a website at that point. Um, so, yeah, when when people were asking all sorts of questions and then I was questioning myself in terms of what's in it, what does it do even further? That's when I thought there's definitely a massive demand in the market for um, for this product. And so that was at the point that what hair loving became a business. Absolutely. Yes. And then um, I launched the website uh, with a lot of help. Um, and I there is a further story, actually. So I this was literally already in set up before the first lockdown. Um, and I was told not to actually launch the website and promote the products. Um, the I think the Instagram was all up and running almost as well. Um, but I did go ahead after having spoken to somebody who had no idea about the product, but she said, I'm just literally going to, we're going into lockdown and I'm going to focus on myself and I'm going to just look after my skin, look after my hair and forget everything else. And this is going to be time for me. And I just thought, that's it. I'm going to launch this because this is what people are asking for right now. And it could be a make or break. And literally the uh, the first lockdown uh, was absolutely amazing for th- via instagram for the sales oh that's amazing and I, I was when you said you got the advice not to launch I was actually really surprised at that because I mean I guess you know this is two years later so we've got the benefit of hindsight but online sales just went up massively across so many different sectors and I, I can th- definitely I yeah I don't think anybody was prepared because the person that, that gave me that advice was almost a specialist actually a small business specialist 
um, and, and a non-official mentor of mine. So, um, yeah, I think it took everybody by surprise, this whole lockdown. <laughs> yeah, and I guess at that point, I'm thinking two years back, we didn't really know what was going to happen, how long it was going to last. Um, but yeah, we've definitely seen that online sales were just massive. And especially, I think, in a sector like health and beauty and hair care, because yeah, one self-care. of the things we could do was take care of ourselves. That's something that was very, you know, there were very few things we could do. But I think when people were at home, that's one of the things that perhaps people were focused on. Yeah, absolutely. You know, nobody was really going to go out then they were getting ready for, you know, in fact, people were doing further courses and bettering their, their themselves and increasing their uh, chances of when lockdown was going to sort of, you know, we were going to break free from the lockdown. Um, and, and in as much as that, not going out, of course, they would look after themselves doing treatments where you could leave them into the hair um, and then wash 12 hours later, like, like my product. So, yeah, um, it's a yeah. Great, it's actually a great time for products like that. I um because I've naturally you can see I've naturally curly hair, and it was actually during the lockdown that I decided I was going to completely change my hair care routine and not use any products with chemicals, which does mean for the first couple of weeks your hair looks pretty bad, if I'm honest. But I was like, well, we're at home anyway, so yeah, absolutely. <laughs> who actually cares? <laughs> it was a great time for doing. Yeah, I can imagine that people have hair masks and face masks on because no one could see what you were doing and there was a whole tiktok and instagram reels trend where people were were creating their own concoctions so a lot of people were actually feeding back to me that they would mix the oil with yogurt when it was really hot because i think one of the in fact even the first lockdown it was super hot um so they'd mix the yogurt with the oil and put it on their hair that would reduce or eliminate their sunstroke and headache um, mashing all sorts of products like bananas from their uh, and avocados that were going off from their fridge into the the hair oil or vice versa the oil into it and and uh, using it as masks and doing tiktok videos <laughs> that's amazing <laughs> so when lockdown started to lift and we could get out a bit more did that change where you were selling your products I mean I know that you, you continue to do well on your website and Instagram um, but at that point did you start looking into wholesaling or head salons absolutely absolutely I actually I actually um, did a mentoring course a, a huge mentoring course um, and I and that was literally specifically on retail business so started off on um, online wholesale um reaching out online to wholesalers internationally um so sales do come through um for very interesting sort of boutiques actually massage places um internationally as well as salons internationally um gift boutiques as well um we've been in phoenix over christmas for a week we're going into john lewis twice from june so john lewis uh westfield london uh white city and then john lewis oxford circus oxford street in uh again in june as well so yeah absolutely um but i think it's been important for hair loving to be able to spread our wings or or put our fingers in different pies so online as well as offline as well as wholesale so exhibitions which are very very private small events where you'll have 100 to 500 people attending 
which have been amazing because then you can um, speak face to face with people and customers and potential customers and understand their hair problems as well as um, wholesaling wholesale and at stores such as Fennec and department stores um, and hopefully John Lewis coming up in June as well. That's all amazing. I have a few follow-up questions, if that's okay. So the exhibitions you mentioned, are they for customers or the trade or or both? So they're B2C, so they're for customers. Um, We are actually going into Salon International in October. Hopefully there won't be any issues with this COVID scenario. Um, And that's all ready to go as well. So focusing more on wholesale at the end of the year because there's a lot of work to do at the moment that's exciting yes yeah (laughs) and how did you get the slot in John Lewis I think that's amazing um so again that was through some contacts that I had via my um retail coaching that I've been uh, I've I've sought and um yeah Phoenix was okay it wasn't great I'm not going to lie Um, But you have to be very specific in what you reach out for. You've got to know your target market. Will they be shopping in those places? Is that the right shelf space? Is that the right location for a pop-up for you or not? Because that can be the make or break of you selling. Literally at any event, any exhibition, any um, outlet, that would be my advice. And, And, you know, We've all had our fingers burnt. Um, But yeah, you've got to eliminate as much damage as can be done moving forward from your experiences. And hopefully that's where we're at at the moment with hair loving. That's really interesting. And so when you get a space in Phoenix or John Lewis, how much say do you get on where you are on the shelf and what materials, display materials are out and that kind of thing? Do you get any input into that? Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Sometimes if you have a pop-up, you can control what it looks like. Whereas with John Lewis, they have their own merchandisers that come come in and they'll do it without you even being there. So when you go in, um, I believe, obviously I've not done it yet, but I believe when you go in, it's all done for you, but you have to have everything checked and passed through their management um, first. But shelf space wise, again, you have to negotiate everything oh that's really interesting and so that's a so this is a pop-up in John Lewis so you'll be in this there is for, a pop-up yeah oh amazing and actually this episode is going to go out in June I know we're recording a bit ahead so by the time this episode goes out people should be able to go into it was John Lewis Westfield and John Lewis so Circus. that's that right? right so I believe it's the first week of June um which is Westfield London White City and the 23rd seven days from the 23rd of june in oxford street john lewis amazing yeah (laughs) if you're listening in real time then definitely go and take a look that'd be amazing i'd love to meet everybody um and see if there's anything else that i can help with if there's any other products that they would like to see um um in the hair loving line that's something that I'd be really eager to speak to people about face to face or even you know drop me an email <laughs> amazing and I know that you launched your um as well as your individual products you have your gift boxes as well um yeah. did they come based on sort of input from feedback from customers yep so um I think 
the best seller is still literally the individual oils and it's actually the hundred mil and the gift sets are really nice to have on display at events um mother's day they they do really well um because there's like at the moment there's microfiber towel wrap with the hair oil which is the large hair oil the hundred mil and also there are some with um some silk scrunchies in there as well so they do quite well um, and they look very very nice as well displayed and on the website but again there's more that is coming and again your feedback would be amazing as to to know what you would like you'd all like to see in our line oh that's amazing and it's, it's really good that you're able to take on that feedback and I have to say I think the gift boxes do look like they'd make a lovely gift oh thank you yeah they they do make a brilliant gift there's there's always um there's always events on there's always you know for Christmas we do really well with those gift boxes um they're like combos so yeah and so let's talk a little bit if you don't mind we've been talking about where you're selling so should we talk a little bit about Amazon because I know you haven't been on there long because (laughs) I helped you well when this episode goes out you've been on there a bit longer but I know in the time of recording it's been it's probably under a month so it's, it's still very new so it's coming up to four weeks this thursday so in two days three days oh, time go. <laughs> <So> <laughs> almost a month. that wasn't a bad guess so let's talk a little bit if you don't mind about your experience on amazon today and anything that you've learned that you think would be useful for other listeners who are thinking of giving it a go because i know it's very new but that's actually great because you you know you've just been through what is in my opinion the hardest bit which is actually getting going so here's the thing. I am ashamed to say that I've uh, the products have been on Amazon uh, for a while. Nothing's moved because they've not be, they've had to be tweaked, which is why I reached out to you, Vicky, to tweak everything and to make sure everything's on there properly. The 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 wording is amazing now, and the feedback I get from the captions and the descriptions. That has to be spot on for any businesses out there that are looking to be on Amazon. Once you're ready with all of that and you are looking at your own descriptions and the captions and the description um, from a customer's perspective and have it run past other people, then I would suggest that you move on to um, getting some help or doing some form of ad uh, ads and running an ad campaign. At the moment, um, we are heading towards prime, but not there yet. And I do feel like we're on to a bit of a winner. Um, there's so much, though. There is so much to learn. And once you've understood a, a lot of it and read up a little bit about Amazon, then getting out there and finding the right person to help you is, is definitely key for somebody like me, because I tend to have to wear so many hats that, again, I can't manage Amazon as well as doing the descriptions, as well as running ad campaigns um, and helping the dispatch team and informing them what needs to go out because we're not on Prime yet. So what I would say is advice from me is do all your research and try and get some help in giving you at least advice on where you should go. Um, I did leave it quite a while before I actually ran any ads and tweaked uh, the images, etc. on my Amazon um, listings. But now that I'm 
sort of, you know, things are sort of going, we are getting a lot of sales through. You're just on that cusp of making profit right now. But again, it's literally been four weeks, but I'm really, really excited to be on it. And I would definitely recommend it. I think it's a great opportunity and thank you for sharing your insights and I mean I totally agree and I think it's not uncommon for people to get themselves set up on Amazon and then realize at some point along the line oh actually maybe it's it a bit too a bit much tweaking. yeah yeah one yeah definitely that it's a bit much and then also that um something I talk about quite a lot is that your Amazon product listings really need to be really really good and I'm not saying for for a minute that that yours weren't good or for anyone listening that your listings aren't good it's more about well it's obviously they need to be really well written but it's also as we've discussed a lot about the actual words included what people actually searching for and then as you found out as well Nadia you do have to do a bit of work to get people to those listings because unfortunately it's just so hard to get found on Amazon now and either you need to pay as you're doing yeah or you need to do something else creative absolutely email list or whatever but it's really hard to get found organically now and I do think that that's something that not everyone realizes initially um because not everyone tells you that which is why I like to tell people that because yeah absolutely it's good to be clear good to know where you've come from because like I said hair loving was on Amazon for such a long time but just not visible um and now that you know it's been a couple of weeks since everything's up and running I know exactly where we're heading. I know exactly what we need to do with her, um, with the Amazon account to be able to hopefully, fingers crossed, increase the sales. But it is one step at a time for a small business like mine. Um, can't really run before you, you can walk, literally. No, you absolutely can't. And I think but the most important thing which you have and which I recommend to anyone listening who wants to get onto Amazon is get the fundamentals in place. Have a great listing, really good, well-researched text of all the keywords, really good images. And you're a lot of the way there if you've if you've done that much. And it is it is a bit of work, but I'm here to help if anyone actually requires any help with that. And um, yeah, you definitely don't need to do it all alone because it can be quite daunting. Definitely, definitely. I think you have that. Um, what is that syndrome? <laughs> you know, when you just doubt yourself because something's not going right for you, for example, that was me on Amazon. But um, I would definitely recommend that if you can't do things yourself, and it does take a long time. I've even got friends that um, have been on Amazon, and they've literally, it's taken them time been very down about not making the sales things have fluctuated and been up and down and they are now in a really really good place with their with their products and they've expanded their product lines um and they're not necessarily people that produce their own products they're people that that would uh, i guess resellers um they also do really really well yeah, I think there are lots of good opportunities. But as you've said, it it doesn't always happen overnight. For some, it does. I've definitely seen examples where people have, you know, got off to a start, you know, a really great start right from the beginning. But I would say for 90% of sellers, that isn't the case. And it takes a little bit of figuring out yeah. yeah, what's going to work best for you. Um, 
and it just yeah not, and I'm, this isn't meant to be negative it's just meant to be honest and it does it isn't easy um so I think yeah sort of a bit of patience and persistence is definitely required and I do think it pays off and I think you're going to see it pays off I'm certain by the time this episode actually airs Nadia you're going to be doing really well oh thank you thank you you know when you believe in something and you you're persistent with it I think that's when you start see the seeing the fruits definitely so I have one final question if that's okay yeah. and obviously you have shared so much advice um and in, insight with us today but what would your number one piece of advice be for other product creators what's one thing you'd like people oh to say? my advice is don't give up be consistent just don't give up it's all too easy to give up on your hopes and dreams when it comes to your products Um, If you're formulating themselves, if you are developing anything and if you're putting a brand together, whatever it might be, you do have a lot of uh, doubts, a lot of financial issues as well. Um, But if you keep going and you keep doing your research, reading up on every aspect, um, networking as well, um, you will you will start to see success. You definitely will. Thank you. I think that's great advice. And yeah, I think keeping going is actually quite underrated. Just sort of sticking at something and just keep working at it. Um, I think it's all too easy, isn't it? I mean, we all get disheartened, but I definitely agree. There's so much to be said for just keeping on going. And if something doesn't work, then you can stop that or tweak it, try something else. Absolutely. Yeah, that's brilliant. It's all a learning game. (laughs) Definitely. Well, thank you so much for everything that you shared today. I will include links to your website and your you. social media accounts in the show notes. People go and take a look. And yeah, thank you so much again. For oh, brilliant. Thank you for having me. It was lovely. It's always lovely to talk to you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of this episode. If you enjoyed it, please do leave me a review. That really helps other people to find this podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes and do tell your friends about it too if you think that they also might enjoy it. You can find me at vickyweinberg.com. There you'll find links to all of my social channels. You'll find lots more information, all of the past podcast episodes and lots of free resources too. So again, that's vickyweinberg.com. Take care, have a good week and see you next time. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.